because we're so more, I hate to use the term, fake news, right? I mean, nobody believes it anymore. How and can no one you? Does, even journalistic fact-checking, I, 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 I mean, you have major mainstream organization, media organization, reporting information that was not true. Of course, yeah. I, I'm like, are you serious? And then, but then the flip side of that, we have that part of the public that believes whatever is given us. But you know, Anita, I'll say this. I almost yeah. hate being in the media. I mean, I, I, I got to that I, point where I was like, I hate being in the media because I, of what we yeah. do sometimes. I have UN colleagues who refuse, they refuse to believe of the things I've told them and witnessed. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, they refuse to believe it. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Have you had an audience yet with with them? I know you've spoken several times, spoken several times, but well, not 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 since I've released the book because um, the UN has been closed. Right, right. right. Um, the, actually, I heard, funnily enough, today that uh, Ambassador Malik said that the UN is supposed to reopen in February. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, wow. they refuse to believe these things are going on. Why? That's yeah. a whole purpose as an organization. What the hell? What, what organization do you work for here? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's that's the whole mission, you know, that yeah. um, the UN and organizations like, associate with to, them. Like, yeah, I mean, you need to change jobs. Talk about changing jobs. How could you not report, believe the report that's coming from your uh, correspondent or coming from personal? Well, you know, some of them are, you know... Depending what, depending what country they're from, they don't also want to believe that those things are happening in their own country. They okay, I can care, understand. They care huh? to look away. It's no different. We just said it here. People do not want to believe the kind of the amount of trafficking, child trafficking that's going on in this country. People don't want to believe it. They don't want to hear it. I'd rather not know. Why would it be any different in an African nation? in southeast asia in the middle east nobody wants to believe it no I, you know i can understand the mindset and not wanting to because first of all we're in denial second oh, of, of course all we're in denial we probably have not thought or figured out how we feel about the situation that's the other thing i'm just not ready for it. i can't handle it i don't want to, no i want to stay in my little bubble well, and with my little life and that's the uh, that's American lifestyle of being complacent and comfortable. You know, but this is like happening. Um, you just never know. Your child could end up in this situation. Of course, they could. Of course. And I I remember I did a um, I actually was going through doing a, a web design uh, training class, and mm -hmm. our project that we decided to do was on. Um, human trafficking right. so it became a it, you know this topic is like a, a personal concern of mine so it does happen i mean right here even in new york okay mm -hmm. this person was living in this particular neighborhood that everyone thought was okay they brought her over hired her to be like a maid or whatever but the stories that came out of how she was being treated it was just horrendous you know, they took advantage of her wanting to come, come, come over here to work or claim they was going to take care of her. Didn't mm -hmm. happen. Had a young lady. She, I, I, don't, I don't recall if she was from New York. Next thing you know, she's over in some other country. She's from the U.S. Got trafficked out. Mm. I, in situations like that, just one particular area dealing with children, watch the child. 
Right. So it goes back on responsibility on us as the adults, our mentality. Mm -hmm. But then you also have some adults, parents, as you said, they'll sell their children. They're, you know, whatever the circumstance is, you know, that they'll sell their child that they gave birth to. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I had the heart not to do that, but I don't know if I was in their situation, I would do it. You know, like, yeah, we, we, we all would say we, we could never, ever do that. But, but um, I'm seeing the reality of people's situation. And unfortunately, you know, uh, sometimes these people are, these families are put in such dire circumstances yes. that they have no choice. And that's what it, I begin it's to. It's a case of, are you willing, realize. are you going to sacrifice your entire family or you'll have to sacrifice one. Now, just the idea that one would be put in those kind of decisions, it's basically, you know, like, let's say what happened during World War II, when the Nazis would look at a family and say, okay, which one is, you the parent, you the mother have to decide which child, your son or your daughter, is gonna get on the train or will stay. And they have to make a decision. He said, if you don't make a decision, both will go on the train. So, you know, it's, it's, it goes, yeah. it, it goes to uh, how we treat one another. It's like, this is human to human interaction. And, yeah. and, and that's what perplexes me, you know, mm -hmm. um, I guess playing the devil's advocate, I could kind of understand, not, I can kind of see where their mentality is off, you know, but the other, but the humanitarian part of it is like, no, that's not acceptable. No, you cannot do that to a child. No, you cannot, you know, this or that. That's that's wrong. So I think it goes back to simple right and wrong. Like that's not right. Mm. That's not how you should treat another person. Okay, yeah. they shouldn't be a possession. They shouldn't be a business. Okay, and then the 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 things they do to the children. Mm -hmm. And, and I saw the pictures you, sh you showed me of the, the, the dead bodies, I guess the, yeah. the ones that got executed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was like, it's just like trash, just yes. gathering up like trash. Now, when you look at, that's just interesting what you just said. When you see the photo, you see, I don't know, when you see it for the first time, when you see a photo, when we see a photo of, of genocide, of, of, of death, yeah. It's not someone you know. It's not your daughter. It's not your husband, right? Which would affect you differently. Yes. It's a bunch of dead, bloated bodies that have been obviously sitting there, laying there for a while. You know the backstory. Now, you can't, but you could think, what happens if I was there? I can smell the blood. I can smell death. You see the carrion coming down to eat bits and parts of the body. You see the bulldozer bulldozing these bodies like it is just a pile of trash. Yeah. And when you see it, it never goes away. No, it's a different impact. You see in a photo, you're like, okay, I can quickly switch to 
Ariana Grande or you know, Rihanna or something. You know what I mean? In something that's more mood, visually appealing, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't and shock me have, or whatever. You will have forgotten about that photo. If I could, I could send you, you know, actual video. Um, a video I have, it's like, oh my goodness. You know, it's, uh, it's so visceral. But again, is it any different than watching a war movie today or a horror movie, which is even more bloody, you know, and gory. But, and we see that stuff and we become, hmm, we become tainted. We become uh, no big deal. Let me tell you something. You put yourself in that situation, yeah. you will not be the same person. I, and for the record, I don't like horror flicks. Yeah. I, don't horror, I don't like horror movies. There are, there, are, there are, you know, a lot of people who like them, but it, it's all very silly. It's on the screen. We're sitting in the, in, in the cinema, eating our popcorn, drinking our Coke. Trust me, you actually are in that kind of a situation of fear, trepidation, mm -hmm. blood pressure, puke, the smell. No. You think it's, you, you think it's, I just thought of this because we compartmentize, we, uh, compartmentize, uh, compartmentalize. Yeah. Yeah. That word. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, how we deal with things, you know, because Ooh, we, we can shut it off. Easy. We, we don't mind seeing it in a, a movie or film and don't think that, Hey, what you're actually seeing. And this is what has touched me. What I see in films now, it's like that film is a reality. Those things actually happen yeah okay they do happen actually to people so it also kind of helps me to i also now censor a lot of things that i watch yeah well because, I, don't watch, I don't watch those kind of movies anymore because they're quite silly yeah you know the you know the, the blood diamond the this the that you know whatever i like okay it's glorified violence and maybe the story is good the acting is good you could look at it from that standpoint but um now nah, I'll, I'll stick to some fantasy, like watch James Bond or something. <laughs> yeah. Because that's a fantasy and I can just kind of, for two hours, I can be like, oh, well, that's cool, you know. Well, yeah. yeah but anything to do with some story about child trafficking, I, I turn that off because unfortunately, yes. unfortunately, I can't turn it off because I've actually been there. Right, exactly. So I, I, I don't need to amplify it by watching some silly movie. Right. That, that's, a, that's the same thing I say to myself. No, it's like, no, you know no what? matter how much of a fan of DiCaprio and Jimon Honsu I am. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. When, yeah. when, when, you know how they always say life imitates art and art yeah. imitates life? Well, yeah. you know, um, I've decided that I'm just going to stay with life. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> and, yeah. I, you know, play it safe that way. Um, but I, I have the same, you know, uh, perspective certain things I just cannot watch because it, it, it the subject or topic resonates with me a, you know a little too close a little too personal mm -hmm. so I can understand where, you, where you're coming from um, with um, childhood lost um, how did it change you okay um, and the writing process and what you were trying to cover. Um, did, did you have like a goal in, in, in mind of when you were writing it? Because uh, I know you still have to do the promotional and everything of it. Mm. But for you, you know, um, like what, what was it really like for you once you finished the book and everything? And Well, I just want to win a Pulitzer, that's all. <laughs> 
a Nobel Peace Prize. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I, I will definitely nominate you. Okay. <laughs> okay you Actually, you, well, you can't nominate me for Nobel Peace Prize. But yes, I can. I could change the rules and anything uh, whenever no. I want to, okay? <laughs> no, there, there's very strict governing rules behind that. Even yes. I, I learned about that actually recently. Okay, yeah, okay. Because, so you're yeah. trying to nominate yourself? No, no, no. You can't okay. nominate yourself. It's only because Ambassador Malik, you know, told me, how the process works yeah ah. I, otherwise i would never have known okay um i i don't know the there wasn't a goal um you know has it changed me i don't know if it's changed me it's um because you're going for a series <laughs> which yeah, i told you you should do but, so um there wasn't really a goal i i just want to um I just hope that it, as I said to you before, that it, you know, it spreads awareness and, and, and people will read it and pass it on to somebody else. Say, hey, you know, you really should read this, you know. Yes. Um, might open your eyes to just really what's going on. And this is somebody I know, or, you know, and people pass it on, you know, how things work. Right. So, I, yeah, I never really had a goal in mind, uh, Anita. I just, I just wanted to put this down so it's there forever yeah uh, and of course over, over time you know as bill says you know statistics change yes numbers change the year change changes but at the end of the day yeah those things change and maybe the numbers will go down one year and then they'll go up or, or it seems they keep going up because the the population does not go down it keeps going up. yes so, yes you know and these these issues are are exacerbated by as a now there's a conflict in this country and that country you know and th these issues <laughs> continue and continue nothing can do about it. so i really didn't have a goal i just i just wanted to um you know be honest and tell the truth of what i have seen um and hopefully it you know it's eye-opening for whomever reads it and they mm. and then they send the message to somebody else that really was it yeah beyond that no no and and you know if it, it like yourself if it if it um opens your eyes and changes mm. it did <laughs> your passion or one wanting to get involved with your community or whomever or start your own non-profit or i don't know yeah so that, that, was, that was it. It was very, very simple. There's no big, mm. big story behind it, no. Imagine, imagine, imagine what it could be if you just believe universe is out of time. finally finished though when when you finally finished writing the manuscript and was ready to go to the kind of feels like finishing writing a song oh. it's like okay now what oh god now we've got to promote the damn thing or <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a good publicist and a good agent who will help you
Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm done with how how long did it actually take you to to uh do the research and write this book? Did it happen um, during the whole whole COVID? It, it, it uh, happened during quarantine? the whole COVID, yeah. Okay, so yeah. probably I guess that year, year and a half. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well yeah. It's, it's funny you were mentioned about music. <laughs> Let's get to that. Yeah. <laughs> I, w I was subtly segueing. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Listen, I know you enough to know, right? <laughs> so it's perfect. Um, I was about to go to that anyway. Um, so um, your song came mm. out of the... Just, uh, just imagine people united. Yeah. So that came out of the, from this book and your humanitarian efforts or... No, no, not at all. It's a wasn't related? It? No, oh. wasn't, wasn't related. Uh, not, not really. Um, obviously using Morgan's choir, but that came after. Mm -hmm. So it, okay. it was not, it was something that um, Melissa B, Melissa Bailey, yeah, uh, you know the R&B singer. Yes, um, yes. I don't know if we're related yet, but yeah, you know, <laughs> you know co, co Grammy colleague and yes. good friend. No, five years ago, she came to me and with the issues that were going on back in sixteen, seventeen, she said, "You know, we should write a song for global peace." I looked around. I'm like, "God, yeah, there's a lot of issues in the world, but there always seems to be," and I wrote some notes down sat by sat in front of the piano and kind of mapped out a basic mm -hmm. you know outline i said what do you think of this she put some lyrics together and we kind of went back and forth for a year or more oh wow um had some ideas should we do it with orchestra should we do it with a band should we do we didn't know and the song basically sat and um here we are in the covid year Wow. And um, it's perfect timing. I know, you know, a producer from L.A. reached out to me because everybody's at home and everybody's trying to find out, hey, are you doing anything? Are you writing any music? Are you what are you doing? You know, and I said, oh, you know, I have this song that Melissa and I wrote. Let, let's send you the MP3 mm -hmm. um, and, you know, see what you can, can come up with. And, and he put, you know, he had a different slant on it. It was more of a kind of made it more kind of R&B popish, you know, using keyboards and electric guitar, bass, drums. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. And then um, I went to uh, Portugal for a couple of months mm. um, and met with some pe friends there. And uh, went in the recording studio and um, a well-known uh, classical composer, um, he wrote a, a cello line. And I've always loved, mm. you know, cello. Mm. Just one of my favorite instruments. An incredible cellist who plays for the Philharmonic there. And we recorded that there. And then um, I recorded the piano parts there. And then I, I say, we've got to have choir. And if we're going to do this song, and that seems now has become global, um, it makes sense to use, you know, Morgan's choir. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was kind of surreal because, you know, uh, Melissa recorded her parts in New York. Yeah. Yes. Here I am in this, you know, fancy studio in, in, in Lisbon. And here Morgan is with, you know, 
12 members of the choir in this one tiny room all huddled together yes, stuffed, yes. stuffed on a couch you know in this real spartan studio in uganda right um but yeah what came out was wow it was magic it was beautiful yeah simple but really really powerful and effective obviously the original song that was written you know we changed some parts and okay. um, adjusted the lyrics a little but then when we had all the parts together it was finally remastered in new york oh okay yeah. all right and so then what... we and then we we did a remix of it you know so there's three versions there's an original version there's a remix and then there's just a simple um but the uh, instrumental version that you shared with instrumental me. version yeah so yeah. where were you? There's the, the picture of you in, uh, in the video playing the piano. Where were that was you? In, was that the... was in Portugal. Oh, that was. You know yeah. what? It looks like um, Carnegie Hall. Uh, yeah, right. I know. You know, so I was like. A little. Yeah, yeah. The background. The background. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like, no, well, that, did he make it back here to New York he, to do this? No, or that was Portugal. How, how did I miss that? <laughs> no, you, you wouldn't have missed it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I feel like I have to put an APP <laughs> out on you, you know, or yeah. put a, a GPS on you or something or whatever. No. I was like, how did I miss that? Okay. Yeah, no. How are you going to come through New York and not, yeah, not yeah. connect with him somehow or another? Um, so um, the song, I understand, has one uh, well, nomination. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, it just got nominated for the um, Hollywood Music Amazing. Media Award. Yeah, like wow. Yeah, which is cool. It got number three, number four on the yes worldwide iTunes chart. Number four bestseller for Amazon. So yeah, and now on the twenty second of October. Yes, which is just around the corner. Then we'll find out the right. first, That's next first, week. first nomination Grammy ballots come out. So we'll see what's happening. I think that's amazing. I mean, yeah. hearing this song that's probably taken like maybe a year and a half or whatever to come together and all of a oh, sudden yeah. Yeah. it's released and perfect timing and now it, it's yeah, being we'll acknowledged. And yeah. I mean, you know, you most of the time the music that you do anyway, you know, is uh, wonderful anyway. Um, I miss those times. You're welcome. I miss those times that, which was really, really nice when you were online and you would do like this, oh, these yes. um, I, I mini concerts and <laughs> yeah, stuff for us. I yeah. love that. I, yeah. I, I did. I thought it was a great idea. I think maybe it was partly to help help you to keep your sanity as of well. Course. <laughs> of course it was. Yeah. You know, we, we all had to figure out what are we going to do here? Yes. Got to make use of the time. Jeez. Exactly. That was just amazing. I said, oh, that was an awesome idea for him to do that. <laughs> yeah. I so so what's going to happen now with the the book and the uh the um the song are you going to have to go on some type of promotional tour for it or is well, that the it's, plan it's um obviously you know we're waiting to find out about about the grammys and stuff the mm -hmm. uh, the hollywood music awards comes out like november 17th so we'll know about that grammys right. of course at the end of january um and then i'm actually doing another concert after five years know. At, at, at Carnegie Hall in April. Yeah. Okay. I so, know. It's like, you know, he can just go up to Carnegie Hall anytime he wants to and just have to put on a concert. I say, oh, he, got, well, yeah. he got some clout here, you know? It ain't that easy, but yeah. <laughs> and so it's perfect because I did see the date and the date is two days before my birthday. So, you know what? This Ooh, is going to be a, a birthday okay. present to me. All right, cool. I'm definitely going to make sure 
God willing, I I be there. Yeah. If I'm not traveling to some other country doing what you're doing, no, okay. <laughs> I'm right. gonna I'm gonna be on land. I know I am, so right. because right. I don't want to miss that concert. So, but everything that you're doing, it are you utilizing it to support your um, foundation? Because yeah. um, it's very important that yeah. they know that too. So, yeah. Yeah. okay, all right. So that's awesome that you have that going. Any other things going on? Um, any other um, besides what you already talked about that you're lo looking forward to do? Um, now that we're trying to get back to some normalcy. Yeah, right. Well, you know, um, heading back to New York next month after being down here in Southern Florida since yeah. COVID. You know. Okay. Uh, so that's good. Um, and mapping out all these upcoming events, of course. And then um, as the as the world starts to open, which it is, mm -hmm. um, you know, there there are trips that are planned uh, already, you know, um, okay, talking about going to Rwanda and you and Uganda in May, June. And then back to Syria and Lebanon as well. So, wow. okay. so lots of things going on. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that's, of course, plans for, for next year. Yeah, for 2022. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what are you going to do for the rest of the year? <laughs> uh, well, moving back to New York is a major thing, you know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I just, just found a, found a new place. Oh, oh, actually a block from the UN. Oh, wow. Awesome. So, yeah. Um, okay but no 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 addresses i will never tell you any address on okay of course especially not. On so, this. yes okay so that means but that's perfect because now you have all the countries right in your hand i guess you're right yeah. next to it you know? and, and you know it's one of the one of the most secure areas of manhattan so that's a good thing okay well by the un it's really pretty secure you know uh, oh well, yeah. I know. I was yeah. trying to get in there, but they wouldn't let me. You know, I, was no. trying to, I was trying to climb the fence, you know. Oh no! Don't do that. Don't no, do just, that. I was trying to climb the the flagpole, you know. No, don't do that either. You know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know yeah. it's locked down. It's definitely because yeah. um, I remember. Um, I think it was um, President Obama had came to visit, mm -hmm. and um, I was wondering. You know, I, I didn't know he was coming until uh, afterwards, and I mean, it was locked down. Yeah, it was de yeah, yeah, definitely sure. locked down. It was. So I was like, oh, okay, let me just go yeah. back to my little puny office, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, go past all the guards and stuff or whatever. So, um, so I, I guess, I guess my last words, I guess I'll give it to you. Any last words or anything or comments? Mm. I so, you know, I could talk to you forever. I've, I've missed <laughs> you. And, um, well, you know, all but, I can say is it's been a wonderful pleasure. Yeah, it's thank been, you. It's been a while. It's been some few years since yeah. we've seen each other. Thank you for remembering me. Thank you for yeah. Uh, most importantly, you know, reading the book and yes. giving it a review and 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 speaking with you today on on a topic that a subject matter part of my life that's like really important to me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you know, I don't think um well actually i don't know of a life without it so yeah because those other things are part of who i am from the past yeah. even though the music is still very present yeah um but i think maybe the purpose of of why I'm writing the music I am writing is maybe because of the work I'm doing as well. Obviously with just imagine people united, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
I, you know, I was, I was thinking because, um, I was thinking, you know, all that you've been, you've gone through, you've experienced mm. up, downs, whatever, um, has led you to this point. No, I, I agree. I couldn't have said you know? it better. Thank you. I mean, the martial arts background, the music, <laughs> yeah. um, mm -hmm. you know, even the modeling, <laughs> you know. So. Well, now, 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 we're, now we're getting back to vanity, me standing there in my drawers. Come <laughs> you on. <laughs> you know, yeah. all of it that we, uh, uh, you know, life is choice driven, you know. So yeah. the choices that you've made, I, I just feel like they've accumulated to this point for this mm -hmm. reason it's you know yeah. and i was saying to you before like why are you coming back to new york after all the traveling that you've done um but then i realized as we were talking i said it's a purpose it's a much higher purpose for, for you coming back yeah the reason why is because just like morgan um one person and it's just the same thing when i was in syria in october of 19, um, Syria was still under, was still going through war. Um, we were always stopped at certain checkpoints, having to go to circuitous routes, avoiding, you know, uh, ISIS and all this stuff. And yeah. we, we passed a, um, uh, like a little sandwich shop on the way and we pulled over and there was this little boy he was eight years old. He was scrounging like aluminum cans, you know, mm. seven up, that kind of thing. And he had this big kind of burlap sack. He would throw these and he didn't really have very many in. And I, I found him to be interesting. He was very cute, a little bit, you know, on the skinny side. His face was a bit gaunt. And I asked the owner, you know, what, what's the story with the boy? What, what is his name? And, you know, his name was Ibrahim. Mm. And um, I said, you know, it, does he have parents? He said, well, he lives with his grandfather. Um, really don't know much about his parents, you know, but he obviously mm. he's a child of the war. He was born into war. Um, and we just allow him to hang around at this little roadside, you know, restaurant mm. and gather up aluminum cans that he makes a few you know, sense on. Mm -hmm. um, I said, okay. So we made our way uh, on to, to Aleppo. Um, and of course, Aleppo in, in 2015-16 was, you know, under heavy, heavy, heavy bombardment of the city. It's the second largest city behind the capital of Damascus. Wow. Um, and of, I think, two million people, I think half uh basically you know ran for their lives um and i remember one morning i'm sitting in the hotel it's like 8 a.m and all of a sudden the whole the entire hotel shakes like, what the hell was that it felt like an earthquake and try to you know rest my head and again the boom my head is booming <sighs> and this massive hotel shook so it really was an earthquake. I get up, look out the window. There's people walking, a few people walking on the street. I'm like, God. And then third time it happened. So breakfast, get up, meet my colleague. I said, did you hear that booming? He said, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, there's the Syrian army just a few blocks away. And they're firing mortars over ISIS, which is 
about 15 minute drive from here. So they're firing mortars in, in the direction of ISIS. I said, <laughs> okay. He so says, how's your, you know, it's one of those things. So how's your breakfast? You know, it was oh, like my goodness. one of those things again. So I'm, I'm deflecting from the story, but after we left Aleppo, we went back through the same route and we stopped at the same mm -hmm. restaurant. And there was Ibrahim again. And this time, you know, I had brought some like candy and stuff. If I saw him again, you know, yeah. I gave him the candy and I was wearing this black baseball cap and he came over, we sat him down and I had Mohammed, my guy, you know, try to ask him questions. And he says, well, my father died in the war in 2016. He was a soldier for the Syrian army and my mom, I don't know where she is and my sister. I said, okay. So I gave him the baseball cap and um, took off. So this was, this was October, 2019. So that's two years ago. Oh, that's two years ago. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So about a year ago, I said to Mohammed, I said, is there any way to see if we can find Ibrahim? Mm -hmm. So we contacted the owner of the restaurant and he didn't know where the boy, the boy had left at that point. Wow. So we did, we tried to follow up and see if there was any way How about contacting the grandfather, find out that the grandfather was abusing the, the boy, making him beg and go out there. And, and he even had, had taken the baseball cap and sold it. So, um, you know, I said, well, let, is there any way of finding if, if the mom and the sister, where are they, you know? Well, we found out that the mother had contacted and found out where the boy was okay. or her son was. Mm -hmm. So finally, Ibrahim uh, was with her mother, was with his mother and his sister, whose name is Dahlia, who's five oh. years old. Wow. So again, we followed up and I followed up with other colleagues because now they had moved to a, another city. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, long story short is that I was able to follow up with them and my colleagues to speak with the mother, to speak with Ibrahim, to speak with the wow. Dahlia. They were also living with their grandmother and to or, or get them some, you know, clothes. And we got him wow. another uh, like, <laughs> B, like BMW baseball cap, you know. Yeah. And, and they sent photos back. They sent this really adorable photo of Ibrahim and his sister standing by their father's, you know, gravestone, gravesite, you know. Um, so that's why I do it. Yeah, yeah. that makes it all worth it. Yeah, because, you know, it does. That, and I would have, and when I go back, of course, I, you know, I will go to see them and see how everything is going you know so yeah. when, when when i'm allowed to go back and when the borders open and so forth so right. that that's the reason why i i do this the connection and it's yes. one small it's one family but now they're reunited yes yeah, i think yeah. that was beautiful especially yeah. when you're when you, when you're, you you have to be separated 
you know, mm -hmm. war and things yeah. separate. I, that still kind of gets me too. It's like, yeah, plus, I, don't, you know, I don't know what I would do if I had to be separated that, from my family like that, you know? They're children that have known only warfare. Yeah. That's all they've known. They know yeah. nothing. They know nothing of peace. And then we had this superhero, Sir no, Vincent no, Lynn, come no, in. No, no, no. I have no superhero. No. You know, but to them, you are. I'm just connecting people, yeah. you know, and yeah, because, you know, because I care, you know.